Where do you get all of your resources from? This is a question that I get asked lots and so I thought I would tell you in this week's podcast episode. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting over years teaching, training, and inspiration. And with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well-being and self-care. So hi, happy Friday to you all. I hope you've had a really good week. I've had a good week. I've been thinking lots about bringing in joy into every day and not just saving up all the special moments for the weekend, which I know we can always be guilty of. So I've been trying to make the most of my evenings by going for walks on the moors, cooking really nice meals, lighting the candles and just finding the joy in every day. And this is definitely a way of living that the Danes embrace. They don't save up all of their best moments for a later date. They live their best life today. And so that's what I'm trying to do more of. And sometimes I think when we're busy and we have lots going on, we sometimes forget about the simple things that we've done in the past. So yeah, it's just all about trying to get a better balance again. Now in this week's podcast episode, I'm going to be answering a question that I get asked all the time. And that's where do you get all of your lovely resources from? And it tends to be mainly the small world resources that people ask me about. But I thought I would help you here by talking about some of my favorite resources, where I do get them from, and also how you can use some resources that are reclaimed or recycled or reused as well. So let's get stick in. So if you head across to my blog over on www.whogoingtheearlyyears.co.uk, you'll see that one of my latest blog posts is all about resourcing and in particular some summer loose parts that you might want to use in your play and learning. Now, most of the time when we're setting up our learning environment, we don't need to be spending tons and tons of money, probably money which we don't have. Um, budgets are really tight at the moment, so we have to be resourceful. And so I've always used loose parts. I think loose parts are great for making sure our learning is really open-ended and we're allowing for lots of creativity and imaginative learning, as well as building on those um, life skills of problem solving, resilience, talking through our ideas and just working together as well as a team. So here are some of my favourite summer loose parts. I love using flower petals, shells, pebbles, leaves, tree slices, tree stumps as well. These make excellent foundations for creating some loose part play, perhaps making a loose part image of your face, for example, and doing some self-portraits. And um, I love sea glass as well. These are always exciting discoveries when we're at the seaside. Um, thinking about using glass beads, different grasses, thinking about some of our play that we do outside on a large scale that we sometimes forget a loose part, but things like 
guttering and piping and crates and tires. These are all movable and can be whatever the imagination takes on. Um, things like cable reels and wooden planks. Oh, and suitcases. Yes, I love using suitcases in our play and they just create so many opportunities for children to go on adventures and fill them up and for us to talk about what's going in the suitcases. Um, nets as well and plant pots. Sheets of fabric, so I love using felt and I've got lots of little felt squares that we use in our play. But I also like having fabric on a larger scale, which is great for den building with. So having things like old white sheets or maybe a waterproof shower curtain that you can use outside, especially on a rainy day, so that you're testing out ideas of waterproof and non-waterproof materials. So if we're doing den building and den making, we might need some pegs. Pegs are also a brilliant loose part. And what about hay bales? Hay bales are super for construction. Just always be aware of allergies. Um, I love doing weaving as well. So weaving with ribbons, string, wool, and having a frame to do this. So maybe using an obelisk, which you might use in your garden to grow peas up. I like bringing this into our outdoor area to give children that chance to be creative and explore. Cardboard boxes as well, having picnic blankets, wooden pallets and baskets. So you can see all of these things can be easily collected. And so I'm always on the lookout myself to see what I can find, what I can reclaim. Um, I asked the community as well about what they might be getting rid of and if we could maybe have any donations. Sometimes it's worth just sharing a list like this with your families and saying, look, you might be throwing some of these things away at home, but actually these things are great learning resources for us. So please could you donate them to us instead of throwing them away? Um, so yeah, there are some ideas for free and reclaimed and reusable play items. Now, I have always tended to work in settings that haven't had a very big budget, but when we have had any money, I've always spent them across four things. So number one, high quality staffing, because we could have all the resources in the world, but if we don't have staff, that know how to support and challenge and extend the learning that the children are doing and use the resources and learn open-endedly, then the learning won't happen and new learning won't be grafted onto old. So high quality staffing is really, really important and something we have always invested heavily in. And linking into that high quality staffing as well is CPD and looking for opportunities, whether it be books to buy and extend our knowledge or courses to attend or conferences to um, go to. Okay, number two, block play resources. So block play is one resource that allows all areas of learning to happen. And it's just great for us supporting that child-led play and exploration. So I've always invested in buying the unit blocks from community play things. And what we would do is we would put a little bit of our budget aside each year to build on our block resources and invest. So it takes a little bit of time to actually 
get loads and loads of blocks. It takes a few years, but it is so worth it, especially if you go with something like the Community Playthings unit blocks, because they're so robust, they're made really accurately so that you can have lots of mathematical opportunities in there. And they are really, really safe to use as well. You're not going to get splinters from them. Um, as I say with anything that I talk about and recommend, these are all my personal choices. I haven't been paid to recommend these. This isn't an ad. These are real companies, real brands that I, as an early educator and leader, have worked with by buying my resources from them. So definitely no advertising here. Um, so yeah, we talk about block play a lot inside our Hugo in the Early Years accreditation. In fact, we have the wonderful Dr. Diane Cashin and Cindy Green sharing their knowledge on the power of block play. So if you're inside the accreditation, look out for that because they talk about the seven benefits of block play and how we can link into the play that's happening. Things like teamwork, storytelling, using the imagination. We've got all that comparing and counting as well as symmetry and the important life skill of problem solving. So yeah, I think it's a really wonderful resource and you can also use it alongside things like your small world play and your loose parts. And before you know it, you've got such high levels of engagement happening in that area. Okay, next, books. So I myself have a passion for buying books and reading books and going to the library and borrowing books. I love books. I love reading and I've got such a passion for it. But I have only got that because during my time as a child and adult, I have had the opportunity to read high quality books. I haven't always had books that have been tatty and falling apart with bent front covers. I've always had a good supply of books around me. And so in my practice, I really do believe that we need to be giving children a wide variety of books and not just popping our books into the reading area that we might have, but dotting them around our provision, maybe leaving a fascinating new book that you've just acquired on a chair where you know the children are just going to see it and be curious about it. Um, celebrating diversity as well in your book collection and thinking about how you can do this. I like to audit my books every so often and think, right, have my books got a good variety of diversity in them? Are they challenging those stereotypical views that we might have or we might see young children as uh, developing? Have my books all got um, the pages in them? Are the pages all neat? We've not got any tatty front covers. Um, I also check that we've got a variety of books, things like books with no words, information books, poetry, and maybe a collection of books as well around my favorite author. So I used to have a basket of books all around Julia Donaldson um, or Nick Butterworth and Percy the Park Keeper. And my children loved this. They loved having a collection of stories and being able to talk about their favorite authors as well. And then having different types of books. So your traditional tales, maybe books that are set um, in the woodland area, maybe books that are set in different countries, maybe maps around the world, which is great for just developing that wanderlust child as well. Um, so yeah, have a review and an audit of your books. And if you're struggling to know 
what kind of nature books you might have in your provision, I have created a free reading list for you, which you can have access to. And it's over on my website. If you go onto my blog at www.hugoandelias.co.uk. So do check that out. I know so many people on social media have found it really, really useful since I shared it. So do check that out. Okay, so, so far, as the resources that I've spoken about, we've spoken about loose parts, which can all be gathered for free. Then I have spoken about high quality staffing, block play resources, books, and now I want to tell you about my last set of resources, which is Small World, because this supports imaginative play. And for me, I have always spent a good proportion of my budget on small world resourcing, especially when I've been working in schools and settings where language development is really low for what's expected of the age. Because when we work with small world, we are doing all of that storytelling, we're linking it into experiences we've had, future experiences, and it's so good for, again, every single area of learning. Now, I'm really lucky. I've been collecting small world resources now for over 15 years, and I've steadily built up my collection. Some of these I have bought from local shops. Some of them I've ordered over the internet. Some of them I've been able to find in charity shops or on free cycle sites or picking them up at a much lower cost on eBay. So you do have to look around and shop around. But I know that I have some really popular small world setups that I get asked about all the time, oh, where did you buy those resources from? So I thought I would tell you some of my favorite places. Now, again, these are not advertisements. These are places that I've shopped in, uh, brands that I've bought with my own money, and I just love, I just think they're fabulous. So um, the first one is Way to Play. Now, Way to Play, I think they're possibly a German make, and they create this wonderful, rubber road track which is so versatile it's so bendy and my children just love it because it means we can build tracks for cars anywhere we can build them in our water tray we can build them in the sand we can build them in the mud outside and not only are they bendy and robust but they can be wiped clean really easily as well so at the moment when we're thinking about resourcing in a way so that we can clean things really easily. This is a super resource to go for. So that was way to play and it's the car track. Now cars, I have spent money in the past buying plastic cars. Cars that I've maybe picked up um, in bulk for maybe a couple of pounds and they have broken so quickly or they've got lost or they've gone home in pockets. So I decided a few years ago to invest in more robust cars. So I found Grimm's, so Grimm's Wooden Toys do some really fabulous transport. And we have a set of the little wooden cars and they really are great. They last a long time. And again, they can be used outside. They can be used anywhere really. And then for my small world characters and animals and creatures, I like to use a few different places. Um, so I like Holtz Tiger. Um, I think they create some really lovely eco-friendly resources. 
Um, I love Eric and Albert uh, Crafts as well. They do some lovely wooden um, animal sets, which I really, really like, and some seasonal pieces as well. Um, I also really like using Peg People as well. And if you check out my blog, there's a link to some of the um, people that I have used before in the past to purchase my pegs from. But again, these are really open-ended. And the thing I love about peg people are that they can be anybody the children want. So it's great for encouraging all that diversity and celebrating being unique as well. And then um, another question that I get asked about lots is the felted trees, the seasonal felted trees. Where do you get those from? So they are made by a company called Papuzi and they do a lovely collection of seasonal felted trees. They also do some seasonal felted houses and fairy homes and gnome homes, which I also love. So there you go. I always believe that it's important to create beautiful spaces for children. So I do invest in doing this. I invest the money into it and I invest the time into it because this is when we create such enchanting play spaces that link on from the child interest, that make the children want to be there, that make them want to find out more, that makes them curious. So. That's why I set the play up as I do. I don't just go onto Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram and copy something I've seen on there because that's not what my children need. My children need me responding to what they're interested in. So that's what I do and that's the way I plan. Um, so I hope you found that helpful. Um, so just going back over those main points. So where do I get my resources from and what do I spend my money on? So. I get lots of free reclaimed and recycled resources at loose parts, for example. And then I like to spend any budget that I've got on high quality staffing, block play, books and small world sets. So I hope you found that useful. If you head across to my website, I've got a free guide all about setting up invitations for small world play. And that's available over at www.whogotintheearlyears.co.uk. Okay, well, I hope you all have a really lovely weekend. I'm going to be going walking this weekend in the Lake District for the day, which I'm really looking forward to. So I hope you have a good weekend too, and I will be back next week. Bye.